1: This beautiful time into your hands. We thank you for Sandra, Lord, for her great example. We pray that you would anoint our words, Lord, and be a great blessing to us all. That we'd be inspired and filled with your Spirit and ready to serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Hi guys. Thanks for having us. Too, by the way, <laughs> hallelujah. I just want to make sure we in the um, on the on the camera there. Great. All good. Yeah. Great. All right. So everyone, this is the beautiful Sandra Pifke. So it's so exciting to have her. She is a champion. And I really wanted to, Yes, she is. I wanted to have her here with us today because she inspires me. She is just, every time I see her, we're good friends. And every time I see her, she's just bubbling over with joy. She's full of energy. She's like, She's not like in one of those ever-ready bunny batteries. She never stops. And it's just so exciting because, you know, you've been doing this for a long time. And you're just on fire. So I thought she would be fantastic for us to hear from her. Oh, I, I wasn't going to say that. Your husband just shouted out your age. Is that all right? So she's 72 or nearly? 70 this year. Oh, you're nearly 70. Nearly 70. Okay, 69. That's, I thought you said 70. Where did I get that from? Yeah. Oh, nearly 70. Yeah, which is amazing just to be on fire for Jesus. So this works in really well. As you know, we're looking at Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And this is a powerful woman. So I want to hear from Sandra. Praise God. Now, just before I do, just, a little, just to give you a little bit of an idea of where she's come from. Uh, she grew up in a disjointed and it sounds rather difficult home. Uh, she had a very young single mum who fell pregnant to her dad who was a bikey and... A 24-year-old alcoholic. A 24-year-old alcoholic criminal bikey. Criminal boy. Right. So she never knew him and she saw him once from a distance but was advised not to let him part of her world because... Um, that could be the awkward. Yeah. yeah, that would be the underworld. So she had three different stepfathers and you went to 14 different schools. Um, but at the age of 19, praise God, your mum decided to send you to a church camp. I oh, know, how amazing is and that. And that is where you were wonderfully saved yep. and you Never loved the their joy. And so just, just briefly, how did you... So at that point, your life changed. My life changed. Mum had a, used to go to the bank in Gosford
0: and uh, she got friends with the bank teller who was a born-again Christian and used to go to Greenpoint Baptist Church and he told mum about a youth camp and would, oh, would she like to see if I'd like to go. And so mum thought I was going to hang around her forever so she went, oh, you need to go to this. So I go to this youth camp. The minute I put my foot on the bus step, I could sense the love of God. I didn't know what it was, but everyone on there just loved each other and loved God. And I wanted whatever they had. And so that's being empowered by the Holy Spirit and being a witness. They just loved each other and loved people. And I wanted to be
1: like that. And I got saved that weekend Yeah, and did you notice a big change in your life straight away? Yes,
0: because we used to live up Rimba Creek Road And it was about a mile up the road And I used to have to leave at 5.30 in the morning in the pitch dark And I used to be terrified to walk down the road to catch the bus Which was a mile away But after I got saved that weekend It was like, I'm talking to the shadows of the cows Because I always wanted a father to call my own And now I knew I had one I had Father God And he was going to protect me Nothing was going to harm me Because I had his protection as I was walking And so, you know, like Paul's dad used to say um, God's word says it, I believe it And that settles it Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I was like God said it I
1: believe it and that settles it. That's so good. Yeah. Now in regards to witnessing, did you start did you tell people straight away, did you start witnessing straight away? Were you you yes. know, like were you Yeah, I just uh, it was were like, you a naturally a bold person? No.
0: Nineteen and I wouldn't even go down the road and ring someone up. I'd take my brothers with oh, one of six children, four brothers, I'd take my brother that was just under me with me and and um, I'd ring the number and I'd get him to talk. I know that sounds strange, but I was so. Because you, were, you were shy. I was so. Well, I was insecure because uh, I'd been to so many different schools, and Mum pulled me out of school the day before I turned fifteen, so I only went halfway through year eight, and and so I was really insecure about myself, and so. But after I got saved, it was like, do you know what? You can be, you can be the dumbest person out, or you can be the smartest person to go to any university. But if you haven't got Jesus, you're the dumbest person out. <laughs> so I just knew that I was smart now. I had Jesus in me, and I loved God, and so I worked at um, at a um, factory bay and customers would come in it was called Campbell's out at Irina and so all the shopkeepers on the central coast would come in and I remember I was only about twenty, twenty-one. so I'd been a Christian for about 18 months and um, this guy and his wife used to come in I really liked them and then I found out he was dying of cancer and and I remember I was dating Paul and I came home and I said to Paul I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him can I meet him and his wife and i want to tell him about jesus i want to pray for him cuz god said he he can heal people you know and so i asked could i meet them and i said can i come and pray with you and they went yes and so i went and i prayed for this couple and they really loved the fact that i shared about god to them and and that jesus would heal and they came to church once or twice but then they fell away and you know like you can you can and and so i don't know whether he got healed or what but you know what I was talking to God about it, and I said, well, I did what you asked me to do. And you know what God said to me in, in my spirit? He went, you did what I asked you to do. Yeah, right. It's up to them. so, you know, like, oftentimes you'll pray for people, and you don't see the results, but were you obedient? Are you still sowing the seed? I knew I sowed a seed, and then however that seed went into their hearts, it's up to them How? and, cause, and, and God. So... Oh, we still encouraged,
1: wasn't I, Paul? Yeah. I'd pray for anyone that would let me. <laughs> so then you and Paul got married. Paul and I got married. Yeah, and tell us you got children, grandchildren. We got two, i got
0: two daughters. We have two daughters and I have four grandchildren. And so, um, yeah, um, sorry? Who with? Oh, yeah, when I became a Christian, by the way. I know the ladies have heard this because I shared it at the ladies' thing. When I became a Christian, I was 19 and I just started dating Paul and um, I came home about a month after I'd been a Christian and mum said, well, if you want to follow Christ mum was into witchcraft when I was a baby and then she gave it away but the night I came home and said I was a born again Christian she picked it up again and so a month later she said to me if you want to follow Christ you need to leave home I I don't want you to talk to me or be in contact for a year and so she thought that in that year I would give, I would throw it away because she was everything. I had three stepfathers, but I only had one mother. Mum would always take us with her. She'd never leave us behind. And so that lasted 10 years. I had two children. So you didn't talk to your mum for 10 years? She wouldn't let us come into her life for 10 years. We have a great relationship now. And, uh, but you know what? God gave me that scripture. He says that I'll be a father to the fatherless. And, and um, he said, I'll give you a family. You belong to the family of God now. I'm going to give you mothers and fathers and grandparents. I was the only 19-year-old at the 90-year-old prayer meeting. And I never missed it. I loved it because they taught me so much. They taught me to trust God and just that he was in control. And not to blame him for things. Because he knew what he knows what he's
1: doing, and it's all working out. So, just on that, with your family, I mean, you—we're we, talking—you've got power in the Holy Spirit. How were you able to sort of witness and love your mum and your brothers and all the stepfathers and things? Were you, you know, were you able to show them over the years?
0: Do you know what? I was about 26, and I was at a ladies' meeting once, and um, at at the church I was in, um, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law's church, and. Um, I was praying for everyone that was unsaved and God said to me, do you know what, Sandra? You pray for everyone's salvation but your mother's. And I, it was at that moment that the Holy Spirit revealed to me that I actually had a resentment towards her for not giving me a father and I couldn't pray for her salvation so I had to repent. So that's where, you know, on that um, Acts 1.8, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses, See? Because the Holy Spirit rises within you and reminds you of things that mm. you need to get yeah. right yeah. so you can be the witness that you need to be. Yeah. So I couldn't pray for mum's salvation um, until I repented of that. And then from then on, I could pray for it. And it was only a few years after that, my brother, who was living with his girlfriend for seven years, and she says, can I come and meet this, this nut, nut of a sister of yours that no <laughs> one wants to talk to? She comes to the front door and instantly... We were kindred spirits wow. And she was saved three days later wow. And she'd been living with my brother And and um, there was a lightning strike And and uh, she jumped actual, out of bed oh, at, at oh. She, she, This is at my brother and his girlfriend She jumped out of bed and she says to him I can't live like this I've just given my life to Christ So we're not sleeping together anymore Or living together until we're married And her whole family got saved because of that witness.
1: Wow.
0: Doing the doing what she felt God had told her to do, and my brother and her both got saved and live up until warm and they got nine kids and they're all walking in the Lord. Wow. And so it, it's a snowball effect. And your mum? And mum mum lives at um Paul's her favourite son-in-law now, of course. But <laughs> she talked to him for ten years. And um mum often rings up and says, Can you pray about this? and and um can you ask the lord to heal this person and that she hasn't actually given a life to christ but she's so close to it mm. so i'm just you know sometimes you just have to be patient it says do good
1: don't get grow weary do mm. good and just wait for that time yeah. yeah. So you marry Paul and you've got two beautiful children and yeah. how many grandchildren? Four grandchildren. Four grandchildren. And you've been pastoring the church. Yes. But, through, I mean, obviously, you've had your ups and downs in life. Everyone does. Yep. But how do you stay so full of joy? And so, I mean, you always seem to be full of enthusiasm for Jesus. I,
0: I, I suppose because I, you know, it is the Holy Spirit in me and it's the fact that I just love God. And why would I doubt? Because I know what he's done in my life. He's saved me from myself, basically. And that doesn't mean that I get everything right every day, by the way, because we don't. But the Holy Spirit reminds us of that and gives us opportunity, as Paul said, around the communion to repent and get things right. And I'm thinking, what a wonderful way to live, mm. you know? And, and so, you know, I love the word of God, you know, the, and you sung it this morning the joy of the Lord is our strength.
1: It? It so really on a is. daily basis, yeah. you, you let just bringing back to that witnessing thing, how do yeah. you sort of set up your day so you're ready to go out and serve the Lord or witness or whatever?
0: Do you know what? You've got to be present. Lots of days I'm not, so I'll just go through my day. I know God loves me and I'll be talking to the Lord, but when you're really present, you'll say before you go out in the day, where do you want to go today, Holy Spirit? Who do you want me to Come bless on. on? Who do you want me to encourage? Who do you want me to maybe give something to? You know, like, and so as you're asking the Holy Spirit that thing, you know, you just, uh, you're led of him then. You know, and um, um, there's a scripture in Thessalonians, you know, it talks about don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And you grieve the Holy Spirit when you do things Because he lives within us. So you grieve him when you go to places, you watch things and you do things that he doesn't want to do. Mm. But one thing we often miss it goes a little bit further in Thessalonians and it says, Don't quench the Holy Spirit. And to me, I got a real revelation on that. I quench him when I don't go or say or do what he wants to do. Mm. And so. We can often quench the Holy Spirit and not realise it. And I've had many days where I've quenched the Holy Spirit because God's put someone in my mind. Oh, and, and and I know I should give them a ring right now and I don't. And then the, you know, the day goes and you think, I should have done that yesterday. Mm. They really needed me to hear from me yesterday, not today. Yeah. I'll often do it the next day, but I have to repent then because that's quenching the Holy Spirit because you just don't know what it can do. And I'll yeah. give you a little testimony of that. Um, Paul and I went on a, a cruise in December because it was our friend's golden wedding anniversary. And on the last day of the cruise, where um, Paul and I were just having breakfast on our own, and I just looked, say, about where you guys are there, and there's a table with a... I knew she was a single mum because she had four kids and she was totally on her own for the whole other breakfast. There was probably a 12-year-old next to her, an 8-year-old opposite her, a 15-year-old and a 17-year-old. The eight-year-old boy, at first, in my spirit, I thought, gee, he's a bit of a brat. He was going going off because he couldn't get his sausage or his egg on his fork, and <laughs> his mother had to do it, and the minute she leant over and put it on her fork and gave it to him, I realised he was on the spectrum. He was probably just slightly on the autism spectrum, just the way he was, and I really repented of that. In that minute, I thought, gee, I was judgmental there, Lord, I really... Um, repent of that and just bless this woman. Anyway, I watched the situation go on and I could tell she went away and he lost it for a moment and she came back and she just quietened the whole situation down. But I watched all the other kids. They never got flustered. She trained them so well. I mean, she's on a cruise with an autistic child and three other kids and she trained them all not to to lose their peace. And so She asked the older ones to take the younger one back to the room. And she got up. She was the last one to leave. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, you need to bless this woman. Just tell her what a great mum she is. And so she walked past me and I grabbed her and I went, geez, you're an awesome mum. I said, I watched you. I said, I watched your other children. I said, just the way you've trained them all to be at peace. And she said, "Yeah, some days are really difficult. I've got a difficult situation there." And I, I was able to say to her, "I have a grandson that's just like that, so I understand where you're coming from." I said, "But you are an awesome mum." And she went to go, and she turned back. She grabbed my arm. And she said, "Thank you for that. Some days you just need to hear that." Mm. Now, can you see how it's as simple as that? Like uh, you just don't know what that does in her heart. Yeah. And then I prayed for her as she left. I prayed that God would bring some someone alongside her and really tell her about Jesus. Because sometimes that's all you get to do. But are you willing to do that? Yeah, come on. You know, and we quench the Holy Spirit when we think, I can't say that. What if I'm wrong? What if what if um he's not on the spectrum and I say something? Or you know, we we, we get but if you let the Holy Spirit and the peace
1: of God comes on you, you just know. How hard is it to say someone's a good mum? How do you get through that sort of... It's almost like a wall sometimes between you and someone else and to get through that shyness thing or that boldness thing, just sort of get over that wall. How do you get over
0: that? I was at a a meeting with Vic and Tracy years ago, Vic and Tracy here. They took me down. They took Paul and I down to hear a friend of theirs who came out from America and he was dynamic and he was um, praying over people and giving words and he called an altar line. And um, there was two girls standing in front of me and I was behind them. And I felt God say to me, pray over this girl and encourage her. And I said to God, I can't do that. Um, That word, I don't even know whether that's from you. And God, the Holy Spirit said to me, it is from me because you're not that nice. (laughs) I want you to hear that. I remember telling you, Vic and Tracy, that. And I learnt from that
1: because
0: yeah. oftentimes we're not. And so God, you just know when it's really good and it's encouraging, it's definitely from God because mm. we're not always that nice,
1: mm.
0: are we? We think about ourselves or mm. we judge or, you know, and when you know, when you know it's something good and encouraging, always okay. give it.
1: Beautiful. Because it'll bless somebody. You have a, wi- uh, uh, a verse that you like for witnessing? from proverbs oh yes
0: um proverb that's my um proverb for life proverbs are uh, three five and six trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding but all in all your ways not in some of your ways in all your ways acknowledge me and i will direct your path so if you bring it to God he'll direct your path one way or the other mm. and that's that's been a um and then another one I really loves out of ephesians it says Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, it says, be an imitator of God. Um, live a life of love just as Christ loved us and lived his life so that we'll be a sweet fragrance and, and bring glory to God. and so Beautiful. I, they're my favourite.
1: To live by. Now you told me about um, one time you were talking to the Lord that you wanted to be like Peter. I want to be like Peter. Oh, yeah. I want, I want you know people to be healed even when I walk past them. I and want my like... shadow to fall yeah, on yeah, people yeah. and they get healed and set free.
0: And <laughs> yeah, yeah. As a young Christian, that was my that was my desire. It still is, you know. But I was really enthusiastic about that. And we had been ministering probably. We'd been at Gospel Christian Centre for about 10 years. And then we'd been ministering ourselves for probably about 10 years. So this is about 15 years ago. Um, and as you can tell, I'm a little hyperactive. And so uh, I rush around doing things. And so we were really busy with the church. You are
1: high energy.
0: Um, yeah. yeah. We're really busy with the church. <laughs> and, and, and God really had to rebuke me. I, I, You know, it says to have confidence, but it doesn't say to have pride. And so I used to pride myself on the fact that I could get so much done in a day. I know I had to repent of that, like I really did. And so, um, you know, I'd minister, I'd do this, I'd do that, I'd look after the girls, and then I'd rush down and do my shopping. And because we've lived in the same house 46 years, so my shopping center is like a little family village where everyone knows everyone, even if they move out and new new tenants come into the shopping center. And so. Um, I was in there one day and I could see Mr. Min I thought, oh, I just need to go and uh, I probably need to j- just go and encourage him he looks a bit sad and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me you know, like you're praying Sandra that your shadow will fall on people and that they get saved and healed and encouraged you just move too fast for that to happen and you're, not, and you're not aware of people you're not really listening to me I've told you many times to go and give him a word and you haven't done it. And so wow. I was really rebuked in my spirit and um, I changed... And Paula noticed I really changed the way when I go down the supermarket now, I talk to people, I stop, I, I make it um, a priority. Who do you want to talk to down there? That's
1: so, I love this. Because we do, we just go to the shops and we just get everything done yeah. as quick as we can and go home. Yeah. But then there's no who's, opportunity. Who's
0: in front of you in the... In the aisle while you're waiting to go through the checkout? Who's behind you? Does God want to encounter them that day? And sometimes it can just be, um, geez, you look nice. I just want to hear how great you look. And, and that conversation will rise up and you go, well, God bless you. I've just mm. got to go through here now. And you just don't know what that will do in a person's mm. life. Then if you pray for that person as you move away, say, so God, bring someone else now into yeah. their life to water whatever has been planted there today it's okay. as simple as that that's allowing the Holy Spirit to come upon you and going out and being a witness
1: I think I love that just slowing down and so you can hear from him
0: and like there's another lady at Coles I know Ruth and I've talked about this um because I've done did the hampers for years I used to the last four years when I did it with vouchers or five years with vouchers um one lady in particular at Coles at Woi would help me. I never asked her a name in all that time. I never asked her a name. But we'd say hi and chat. And she working at Coles? She, yeah, she's yeah. probably 2 I see down there. Anyway, um, just before Christmas, Paul and I were in there and we were about to go. Uh, we'd come back um, halfway through the year from a holiday and we were about to go up to Queensland to go on this cruise. And she said, oh, what are you doing? And I told her... We we're going on a cruise and she went oh I'd love to be able to go away on a holiday she said you know at every holiday I get I'm either looking after someone who's sick or I'm sick myself so I asked I said "What's your?" name? I said we talk all the time but I don't know your name her name's Charlene and so we introduced ourselves and I just said to her why don't you ever go away somewhere then and she went well I really can't afford it and I said to her You know, Paul and I going away, this is this year, this was last year, I said, we're going away next year three or four times. We live in a lovely house that overlooks St. Hubert's Island and the Rip Bridge. It's got a beautiful water view. It's got a lovely lounge room. It's got a pool in the back and a spa. Would you like to come and stay in our house for free just to have a little holiday? She broke down and cried. And I said to her, it's not our house. We were given that house when we were 21 by a 98-year-old Church of Christ pastor that said, if a young couple were going to use it for God, they could have it for whatever they could afford. And back then, we could afford for $38,000. <laughs> it was on the market for about 58 dollars He says, you can have it for whatever you can afford. And so we know it's not our house. And so, so good. I've been popping down to see her. She's not ready yet. She's a little nervous. And I said, Let's go and have a coffee or come around and have a coffee. And I think she was shocked that someone would give them the keys to their, her, their house. And I said, You know, I told her that story. It's not our house. She was blown away. So anyway, I was down there yesterday. And she gave me a big hug and, and she's going to come and have coffee with me in the next week. So I, I just, it's just like that. If you see things as not your own, but as a blessing from God, then it's more freely to be able to
1: give them away. So good. Yeah. And you said to me too that you carry vouchers and things around in your pocket yep. so that you can, like cold's vouchers, I suppose, and like money vouchers, Kohl's and you just vouchers. give them to people if you feel led? Yeah, definitely. And did you say something about your dry cleaner or something? You blessed her? Oh, um because we used to do the vouchers
0: for Christmas and that. I'd, I'd often have some left over. And now I actually invest in a few myself because I just think it's such a good so you idea. You just walk
1: around with money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. So so, um, they're a voucher, Cole's voucher. And so um, this dry cleaner that Paul and I were doing, some cleaning for holiday lets and we dropped the linen in. And I got to know this lady. And I could see she was really sad too. And I said, I said I'm said, i Sandra. You know, I'm Tracy. I said... You're a single mum, aren't you? I could just sense it. She just looked struggling. She said, yeah, my, my husband left about two years ago and I've got two teenagers and so I gave her a voucher for Mother's Day, a fifty dollar Coles Meyer voucher. I said, I'm gonna give you this voucher, but I want you to go and buy something for yourself. Because mums don't do that. They spend it all on their kids. And she cried, and uh, I went back a week later. And she said, Sandra, <laughs> Everywhere you
1: go, women are crying. Sandra,
0: she said, I bought myself a pair of slippers. And I said, You know, Tracy, God wants you to know He loves you and that you're not alone. Anyway, that took a year. I, so we did Mother's Day, we did Christmas, we did Mother's Day again, and then we had our church women's um, uh, a, a conference, a little mini conference with Nicola Gibbs. And that was last year. And Tracy came. She couldn't wait to get there. She was crying before she got out of the car. And she'd given her life to Christ before she got back in the car. Aww. And even though she works on a Sunday and she can't actually come to church, I gave her one of my Bibles. And I said, oh, I'm going to go and buy a new Bible. No, I want your Bible because it's all underlined and it's written in. Aww. And it helps me. And I gave her a, a heap of Christian CDs so she could play her own music, and I ring her all the time, and, and I pop in and see her. So that relationship, I know some people think, well, she's not in church, so how can she be a Christian? Do you know what? God's doing it different today. Your job's to do what God tells you to do, encourage how you're meant to, give what you're meant to, and leave the work to him.
1: Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. So good. That's just you're amazing. Yeah. I love it. I love these stories, and it's so doable for all of us, for every single one of us. These, are, this is, you know, you're, this is not as a pastor that you're doing this. This is just as a, a, a person in the community.
0: Yeah, just like Paul and I go walking of a morning, and he was um, sometimes doing it on his own while I was doing aerobics, and so he met this lovely Turkish girl who who um, he started talking to, and she looked a little lonely, and so he's chatting to her, and then I go on the walks with him, and I met her, and then we never saw her for a few months, and we saw her about last September, and um, I gave her a hug, and I went, oh, hi, and I said to her, are you okay? And she broke down and cried. She said, my brother passed away three months ago. He, I mean, she's only in her um, early 40s and he was in his 30s. And so he died of cancer. And And I, I gave her a hug and I said, would you like us to pray for you? And she said, I'd love that. So we just prayed for peace for her and her family and, and, um, and uh, that they'd have the comfort of God. And I gave her my phone number and I had hers. We never heard from her till January. So all that time. And in your mind, you can think, did I come on too strong? Like the, the devil can come at you and go, oh, you were just too too much too quick. <laughs> but do you know what? A week after Christmas, she texted us and she went, I hope you guys are going well. She said, I've been in Western Australia with my whole family for Christmas, but I'd love to catch up with this again. And we ran into wow. her last week. And so we're going to have coffee with her. So it's just, you have that battle at times with the holy, the devil saying, oh, you are too much too quick. But you just got to go. And then I heard, I heard God say to me, you did what I asked you to do. Mm. Yeah, so.
1: Mm. And what about at work? Like, Because, you know, obviously you're not, you've got more free time by the sounds of it. How does it work for people who are in an office or at work or, you know, they've got a lot of things to get done or teaching? How do, how do you encourage them to be witnessing and ministering? Do you know what?
0: It's, it's as simple as when was the last time at work did you encourage someone else? When was the last time at work you asked someone else, was there anything they'd like you to pray for? And you know what? Um, I know that God gave me a fortnight ago a prophetic word. I preached it in life. And, And I said to Ruth, this is how simple it is. And I felt God say, no, that's a prophetic word for you guys here as well.
1: Yeah, go for it.
0: Paul loves to travel now. Even when we travel, we always take money on us. Um, and sometimes I take just uh, a couple of little scriptures on a bookmark or something because you just never know who might need a word of encouragement. We are in Fiji, uh, uh, Bali, sorry, a couple of years ago, and there was a girl at the counter we were about to check out. I'll give you the prophetic word in a minute. She was at the counter about to check out, And I could see her talking to the um, receptionist and she was distressed. And I heard the receptionist say, there's nothing we can do, I'm sorry. Apparently, she was married to a Fijian guy and we're in Bali. She's married to a Fijian guy and we'd met her around the pool two days earlier and given her one of our seats for her and a little boy to sit on and um, he'd lost all their credit cards. And um, so Paul says to her, where do you think you lost them? And she says, I don't know, but this is our room. So he goes down and knocks on the... She said, he's had a man look and Paul goes, well, I'll go down and have another man look with him in the room and I'll look all around the yard. So he's around doing that and I could see her at the counter and I had $500 on me that I'd taken for emergencies and I said to her, because she had had no money and she had nothing that she could withdraw anyway, and I said to her, look, I've got $500 on me, let me give you that. And she turned and she said, "Alls I really need is a hug and someone's shoulder to cry on." I said, "Well, I'm it, baby. Come on." I said, "God's put me here for this moment." And I said, "You sure you don't need that money? We're just about to go to another hotel, but this is where we're going. If you need that money, let us know." She said, "No, my sister's gonna wire me some money. all I needs a hug." And a shoulder to cry on. And I said, can I pray for you as well? So it's as simple as that. Just being aware of someone who might be a little distressed. Even in your workplace. You don't know. Anyway, the the word's this. Paul loves to travel. He always does the research. Doesn't matter where we're going, he'll do hours and hours of research on where we're going. Even on places that we might not go to. But I'm going to do the research on it anyway. Because let me tell you, as you go out into the world this year... How are you going to navigate this year? How are you going to navigate your families, the people you come in contact with, and the political correctness of the world we live in? And so Paul does the research. We have the research book here. When was the last time you really did research? Any answer for any situation that will arise this year... The answer, the research, it's all in here. Mm. So, you know, if you're not in your word and encouraging yourself in the things of God, that's the first part. And I really believe that's a word for all of us. The second part's this. Women will understand this better than men. When we're going away, we pack. (laughs) And us girls try it, well, some of us, most girls try everything on before they go to make sure it still fits. (laughs) Because I know I go away and Paul will go, what did you bring that T-shirt for? It's too tight under the arms. What did you bring it for? And so um, we try things on. Well, do you know what? In Colossians, I'll just get it here. In Colossians, at Colossians 8, verse 2, it says, clothe yourself with compassion, with um, kindness, with patience and with um, gentleness you know what? It's too late once you're away on holidays. It's too late once you're out in the world. It's too late when you're in a a situation. If you're not already wearing and know that kindness, gentleness, patience and meekness and all those things fit me, that I'm not wearing them well. So we really need to make sure we're wearing those things well every day. You know, when you look in the mirror of a morning and you're doing yourself up, Boys as well, I'm doing your thing To say, Holy Spirit Make sure I'm clothed in the right clothes today I used to have a scripture on my mirror That said that I put it up there to remind myself What I'm meant to be clothed in today So you know, it's a training And then the next thing is You know, when we're going away Paul always does a tour guide Like if we're going Different places that we don't know He'll book the tour guide Do you know what? we have the tour guide living within us the Holy Spirit is our tour guide he knows everywhere we need to go everywhere we don't need to go what the cost is going to be whether it's dangerous whether you need to shut your mouth whether you need to open your mouth he knows he's the best tour guide ever amen and the fourth thing there's only four things the fourth thing is we've learned as we've traveled to have a travel card you know We've got money in the bank, but you know what? We can go away and not use that money and just use whatever we got. And we've often come back with money still in the bank, but we have a travel card. We have the bank of God. Do you know what's in your bank? I've got to keep looking it up on my app to see how much is still there. But do you know what's in the bank that God has for you? Do you know the promises that are there? You know everything that's in the bank And we can call on that Any time of the day Because it says my grace is more than sufficient For you So there's so much in the bank That we can call on I really feel that that's a word for us As we travel Life
1: good So it's not just It's being ready, waking up in the morning. We know we're filled with the Spirit. And then all of those things you said, to be ready to go out, clothed, dressed, ready with the Holy Spirit. I love that. So good. You you might have got up and got dressed and
0: be in the car and just hear something on Radio Rema. And it'll remind you, oh, that's right. I haven't prayed that prayer yet. Mm. It can be halfway through the day. It doesn't matter how late it is. Mm. Just pray it. Just connect with the Spirit of God that's within you. And I love this scripture. It says here. These are two scriptures I love. Galatians 6, 9 and 10, it says, don't become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will, we will reap the harvest. Yeah. So we don't always see, see the answer. Oh, you know, Paul and I have had people in House of Praise, beautiful, the senior saints that have been my prayer warriors that have actually gone to heaven now. They still, they went without seeing their children serving God, but we're still praying for their children. And their grandchildren, you know, and and I know that God will bring bring the answer at the proper time. Don't grow weary. And the other one is Galatians 5.16, live by the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And the lust of the flesh is often for us. I just don't want to do that. How do we know what real maturity is? When you're willing to do something that you don't want to do at the time you don't want to do it. That's real maturity and that's being led of the spirit. Yeah. so isn't
1: she wonderful so good Sandra I would love you to just pray over us all yep. to have your boldness and to be following the Holy Spirit in witnessing just as we finish off yep. I just want your you to pray your anointing on every one of us so let's just open our hearts so that we can receive that anointing that's on Sandra Thank you father
0: hallelujah oh father God we just we just want to say thank you thank you Father God that anything and everything we need to be the people that you've called us to be, to be bold witnesses, Father God. You've already sent your son Jesus to die for us and to leave us the Holy Spirit so that we can be everything you've called us to be. And I just pray for everyone here today, Father God, that they get a fresh revelation of how awesome you are, that we can trust you, Holy Spirit, and continually do good. Because if we're led of you will bring glory and honour to the Father. I just pray that for everyone here, Father God. Just bless each one, Father. Bless their families, bless their workplace, bless their goings in and their coming back. Just bless them, Father, I pray. And we pray for seed to be sown because you will do the watering and you will bring the increase. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.